Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. We have got a bunch to dive into. Uh, let me start. I forgot to put my book up here. This book will be out in 13 days. Uh, we are doing events all over the country. We just sold out, I believe, a theater in Milwaukee. Several thousand of you are going to be there. You get an autograph card. You get a copy of the book. Uh, lots of cool stuff coming with this book. I cannot wait to have it finally out into the public arena. Uh, but you can go buy your copy. You get it delivered on release day. If you go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, anywhere online, certainly any bookstore in America that you walk into on August the 8th in 13 days, they should have it there. Again, my goal, I want this book to open number one overall on the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list. Can we get there? Can we get there? I think we can Really going to take off, uh, but I can only do it with you guys, so appreciate all of you. All right, we got a bunch of things to hit. Uh, let's start off with the, well, so first of all, if you want to get an hour-long interview uh, with me and Ron DeSantis, the video has gone up. Some of you have watched it. Ron DeSantis was in Nashville yesterday. We had one hour. No commercial breaks, straight talk, both of us sitting at a table. If you want to go listen to that, right, you have a, well, You can watch the video. Video's up on YouTube in the OutKick channel. You can go watch the whole hour. Don't let any media write about it. Make your own determination. That's why I like doing long-form interviews. I think you will really enjoy it. Long-form interview offer out there to other candidates, whether it's RFK Jr., frankly, I would sit down and talk with Joe Biden if he could do it for an hour straight. He can't do it, but I would sit down and talk to him for an hour straight. Uh, but I'll talk. I'm sure we'll have other candidates, Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, other guys I'm sure we will talk to. Uh, but uh, I would encourage you to go check it out for yourself. The full video's up on YouTube. If you just want audio because you're out there traveling uh, for summer, as many of you are, It'll be in the Clay and Buck feed. It should be in the wins and losses feed. It'll be in the feed for this show. I'll kick the show. Uh, there are many different places where you can go listen to it. Full hour, just audio. Again, the full video is up many different places. Uh, it's going to be clipped. It's going to turn into news stories all over the place, but I would encourage you to go listen to it in totality. All right, so that's first. Uh, Hunter Biden, look, I told you, I want to thank Judge Mary Ellen Norieka. I might not be pronouncing her last name correctly, but we had a blockbuster event today. She was scheduled. The Biden uh, regime thought that they were going to get the sweetheart deal rubber stamped that no one was going to stand up to it at all. And on this show and on Clay and Buck and on Fox News for weeks, I have been saying the law was clear the judge could not sign off on this sweetheart deal, given all of the uncertainties that are still out there uh, and the fact that Hunter was dodging punishment for so many different issues out there. 
that there clearly appears to be a cover-up, that he was protected by Merrick Garland and the Joe Biden Department of Justice. This was a no-brainer. But I still know that it required a great deal of intestinal fortitude, a great deal of, uh, of, of steel spine. This is why judges have uh, lifetime tenure. And Judge Mary Ellen Norieka officially blew things up. And now I hope that many people in media who have been pretending that this is not a story because they aren't actual journalists, they are just left-wing propagandists, I hope that they will have to cover this now. Uh, and I do believe that it is going to be difficult for the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN and MSNBC and all of these different outlets that are uh, that are out there supposedly covering the media in an unbi covering uh, news in an unbiased perspective, all these different media outlets, it's going to be really hard for them now to explain to their audience what's going on and what the full scope of criminal behavior is of the Biden crime family. What should happen now is there should be an independent counsel appointed without somebody who is a rubber stamp, an extremely competent federal prosecutor to go after Hunter Biden and to pull the string and go after Joe Biden as the big guy associated with Hunter. And the White House is getting nervous because, first of all, Biden's hardly saying anything because he can barely speak. Uh, but Corinne Jean-Pierre, his chief propagandist, has changed her, uh, changed Joe Biden's story. Joe Biden was saying for years, I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. That was Joe Biden's comment for years anytime any of these questions came up. Well, then there's now reportedly a witness who is one of the partners, Devin Archer, who is prepared to testify under oath that he was involved in helping to facilitate dozens of calls for Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. This is why people were paying Hunter Biden millions of dollars. Newsflash, do you think Burisma was paying Hunter Biden because millions of dollars because he is a legal scholar? Of course not. Do you think that Chinese business interests were paying Hunter Biden millions of dollars because of his esteemed legal knowledge? Of course not. They were paying based on his proximity to Joe Biden. And it's not a coincidence that the centers of our chief adversary right now, China and Ukraine, are the people who were paying the most money. As we have talked about on Clay and Buck, it's not as if Costa Rica and the Maldives were paying tens of millions of dollars to Hunter Biden. It is places of intense geopolitical conflict with the United States where relationships are paramount and where the potential cost of uh, failure could be in the tens of billions of dollars. Okay, let's pay a little bit of money to Hunter Biden to try to juice our relationship with Joe and get exactly what we want. Now, I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. That is what Joe Biden, I believe, lied about. Now, Karine Jean-Pierre's new statement is, I was Joe Biden was never in business with his son. Can you notice the difference there? Because it's pretty substantial. They are now arguing, oh, well, maybe he did talk to business associates. They claim that he did it, right? Joe Biden himself claimed that he didn't. Now the new thing is going to be, oh, he was never in a business partnership with his son, right? 
as the evidence is building about the Biden crime family, Joe Biden is trying to run. And I want to make this clear. Impeachment must happen. But I believe that if you look at the credible allegations against Richard Nixon, against Bill Clinton, and against Donald Trump for actions that led to their impeachment, Joe Biden, by himself, the credible allegations of Joe Biden, by himself, are more substantial than the allegations were against Nixon, more substantial than the allegations were against Clinton, and more substantial, again, on a credible nature than the allegations were against Donald Trump. Donald Trump was impeached for a phone call asking about Joe Biden's potential criminal behavior in Ukraine. They impeached Trump for asking about what Joe Biden allegedly did. Clinton was impeached for a relationship with a White House intern that he lied about. Again, I would much rather uh, a president screw one or two people than screw the entire country like Joe Biden is doing. I never thought Clinton should be removed from office for a consensual, private, sexual relationship. And then Richard Nixon got removed for covering up a totally messed up robbery that was totally unnecessary in 1972 of uh, the Democrats in, uh, in, in the Watergate building, which, by the way, I used to live by in Washington, D.C. By himself, the allegations that Joe Biden took bribes, millions of dollars in bribes on behalf of foreign adversaries, far more significant than Watergate, Monica Lewinsky, and making a phone call to Ukraine, all of the allegations that led to impeachment of Nixon, Clinton, and Trump. Biden must be impeached. This was the right decision on the Hunter Biden uh, sweetheart plea deal being rejected by Judge Mary Ellen Noriega. We will see whether or not this leads to media actually increasing scrutiny on Biden. But at a minimum, a special counsel must be appointed here. I mentioned the Ron DeSantis interview. Uh, we talked about everything from baseball cards, his favorite baseball card as a kid, the Ken Griffey Jr. number one card, 1989, uh, to uh, Shohei Otani, to uh, COVID policy, Dr. Fauci, Disney and Robert uh, Iger, the CEO there, uh, what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. might make sense or whether he might make sense uh, as a VP pick in the event uh, DeSantis was nominated for president. Uh, we talked about whether he would ever be Trump's vice president. So many different storylines that the lies from Kamala Harris about the Florida education standards. I'm telling you again, go listen to the full hour. You can watch the full hour if you would like. Uh, I, a lot of times, I know YouTube is super popular. More people watch everything on YouTube than, than any video streaming service out there. My kids watch YouTube. I still like to listen uh, to long-form interviews, so I think this will be equally as good, either as a video or as an audio. Encourage all of you to go check that out. I think you will really enjoy it. Blockbuster testimony also. It was a crazy day. You can go listen to the Clay and Buck uh, news uh, broadcast as all of this news was coming down in the first couple of hours and we're reacting in real time to it. So, UFOs. Testimony today, Nancy Mace, uh, we're going to have her on the show again. She is a Republican uh, congresswoman from South Carolina, asked a question. Guy testified that not only have UFOs crashed, but that there have been UFO bodies 
non-human pulled out of this UFO wreckage. So I am utterly fascinated by this. Tens of thousands of you voted in my poll. In fact, let me get the latest numbers on that poll about whether or not you believe that UFOs have ever visited Earth. And I want to make sure that I put the right, uh, the right question in here uh, because the question that was asked quite simply is, um, let's see, do you believe UFOs piloted with alien technology have ever visited Earth? 35,000 of you voted. 54% of you said yes. 46% of you said no. I believe yes. Okay. And the Buck and I had an interesting conversation. If UFOs have ever visited Earth, and if, uh, so that's one thing, I think they have. If they've crashed, how would this have been kept secret? I've got a couple of theories for you. One is we are trying to take advantage of the technology from these crafts, and we don't want foreign adversaries to know that we have them, and there are highly specialized individuals trying to figure out how to recreate the technology of this crashed aircraft. Much less serious. Whenever a U.S.-based fighter plane goes down, what do they often do? They try to blow it up so our foreign adversaries don't get access to the technology inside of our uh, advanced flight, uh, you know, our advanced technology, right? We don't want to give that up and let them reconstruct it by looking at what we built. So that's one theory. If, if they've actually been here, how it hasn't gone public, national security issue, we're trying to keep it tight. Another one. We know that alien life exists. It is so much more technologically powerful than us that the aliens could wipe us out off the planet, destroy our world instantaneously, and we don't believe that the public could handle that knowledge, and so it's being kept very tight in terms of not being allowed to be disseminated. Here's another idea. It's possible that the UFOs that are visiting in the event that they have been here and that they have crashed are actually not from another planet, but are time travelers. Now, this really kind of blows people's mind, but if we thousands of years from now, gain the ability to travel back in time, would it surprise people if there was an ability to travel back in time, and maybe that's how this crashing ends up happening, and that's why the technology seems so much different than our own, it's because this is time travel, not foreign space travel visitors. And if we had knowledge of that, it so upsets the space-time continuum that there isn't an ability for people to even comprehend what that could all represent. I'm a big believer. I, I am both skeptic but also rational skeptic, by which I mean this. I love to study history. If you study history, everyone thinks that at their moment in time, they know everything. So... If we were talking, this is why I'm skeptical of the so-called experts in general, because every generation throughout human history has had experts that were wrong about the most basic things that we thought about the world. For instance, if this were, as I said on the radio program, 1650 right now, obviously we're not going to be disseminating this show this way, 
But let's pretend that I or you was an extremely wealthy person in Europe, let's say London, a city or Rome, a city with tons of money, massive amounts of wealth at the center of what we then thought was the educated universe. 1650, let's say London. If you were really sick, let's say you were the king, the most esteemed physicians of their era would have likely treated your illness by bringing leeches and blood, reducing the amount of blood in your body. They would have intentionally bled you with the idea being that your blood was infected and the only way for you to get healthy was by taking the blood out of your body and allowing you to recur, uh, to, to uh, recover that way. It's actually the opposite of what you should do. Okay, What that would reflect is that you actually were making yourself more likely to die of whatever illness you might have. Yet the most esteemed doctors of that era would have made that choice. Go back and read history. They used to think that bad smells were what helped to make people sick. So, for instance, the idea was that if you smelled bad things, that was one reason that you were getting sick. So, I'm just using those as an example. I am open to the possibility that much of what we believe is 100% wrong. And I would think a lot of you coming out of the COVID era would also recognize, you know what? The most brilliant supposed scientists of our era got everything wrong on COVID. And you and me and regular rational people looked at the data on, for instance, mask wearing and said, this makes no sense. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a medical expert, but I could look at data and make, and say, hey, you know what? Walking into a restaurant and wearing a mask and then taking that mask off when I sat down to eat dinner did not magically make me safer, right? The virus doesn't only travel at mouth level, right, when you're walking. And then when you sit down, suddenly you're safe. This is what really educated people told you. They told you to get on the elevator and turn and face away from each other and stand on little circles and stand in the corners looking away from each other. They told you that you could be outdoors, but that you had to stand in a circle with only your group, and that way you were going to be safe. Much of what they told us was 100% wrong. And so I'm very open to the idea that there have been some form of uh, alien spacecraft not of this realm, that have visited Earth, and the testimony I thought was really compelling today and fascinating, and I'm going to go watch the whole thing of it before all is said and done. So that is my thought. I love the whole UFA, UFO concept. I believe that aliens have likely visited Earth. Uh, I don't know where they're from, certainly. Uh, I don't know if it's time traveling, you know, aliens, meaning it's us, thousands of years from now, I think there are a lot of potential examples and potential explanations, uh, but I am utterly fascinated by it. Uh, a couple of other things. I wanted to hit this. Fabulous news, uh, I think. Cancel culture is crumbling. As long as you are willing to stand up to cancel culture, particularly if you already have an audience, people want to support you 
as opposed to cancel you. Latest evidence of that. Jason Aldean's new song, Try That in a Small Town, had a 27,000% sales increase since people decided that they were going to try to cancel him. A 27,000% sales increase. That song is now number two on the Billboard Hot 100. That's not country songs. That's all songs in America. That is the highest Billboard Hot 100 that Jason Aldean has ever had. Dirt Road Anthem, back in 2011, got to number seven. Jason Aldean, biggest hit of his music career now with Try That in a Small Town. 27,000% sales increase over last week. CMT tried to ban him. Left-wingers came after him and tried to call him a racist, tried to cancel him. But the overwhelming majority of Americans said no to that. And I think this is an instructive lesson. The cancel culture universe This woke ideology actually has no one, no one behind it. And some people say, what about Bud Light? Choosing to sample something else is not cancel culture. I always have to explain this to people. If you decided that you didn't like Jason Aldean's music and you decided to listen to Morgan Wallen, or you decided to listen to Jay-Z instead, or you decided that you wanted to listen to Beyonce or whoever, Taylor Swift, Choosing some other music to listen to is not cancel culture. That's how the marketplace exists. But choosing to try to cancel a song by removing it from being able to be played on CMT, that's the definition of cancel culture. And Americans of all stripes and persuasions, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, they hate this woke universe and they are overwhelmingly rejecting it. And I think this is a huge sign of positivity going forward. Woke ideology has no real support, and actually when the wokes come after you, that is when you surge to a different level of popularity. That's what we're seeing with uh, Jason Aldean. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Women's World Cup. Your boy on fire when it comes to gambling on the Women's World Cup. Last night, we won, went 3-0, Japan, Spain, and Canada all won. 3-0 last night. This means that picking winners, we are now 15-3-2 on the Women's World Cup. That is 75% of the time without knowing a single player on any team outside of the United States. I now 15-3-2. I'm winning 75% of my bets two pushing, only three losses, all right? I've got four winners for you. Starting tonight, the USA is going to beat the Netherlands. Portugal is going to beat Vietnam. Australia is going to beat Nigeria. Argentina is going to beat South Africa. We're going 4-0, USA, Portugal, Australia, Argentina. Remember, 
I am only picking winners based on which country has more human rights for women. Don't know anything else. Just picking the winner based on which country has more human rights for women. And so far, I am 15, 3, and 2 picking those. USA, Portugal, Australia, and Argentina. We are on a roll. Those are our picks tonight. Uh, Finally, reports are that Jim Harbaugh is going to get a four-game suspension for being involved in lying to the NCAA. And a lot of people are reacting to this. First of all, the four games for Michigan is like the easiest four games on the planet. I mean, I could coach them to a win. You could coach them to a win. Everybody talks about Georgia's schedule. Michigan's schedule this year is insanely easy. I mean, one of the easiest schedules that has existed in modern college football history. In fact, let me go ahead and make sure that I share with you those four games that Jim Harbaugh is not going to be able uh, to coach. Because when you look at them, you're like, are you kidding? This is really the first four games that Michigan uh, is going to be playing? Like, I I couldn't believe it when I saw the Big Ten schedule because my son is right now up in camp at the University of Michigan. So I was actually looking at their schedule. You know, we were going around eating a couple of restaurants, and I hadn't spent a lot of time prepping yet because we're still a ways out. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. That is the four games all at home for Michigan that Jim Harbaugh would theoretically be suspended for. Um, And by the way, here's the rest of Michigan's schedule. At Nebraska, at Minnesota, Indiana, at Michigan State, Purdue, at Penn State, Maryland, at Maryland, Ohio State at home. I don't understand how Michigan doesn't win the Big Ten. I really don't. I mean, that schedule, other than at Penn State, Michigan should be a pretty monster favorite. Um, and I don't see any way they're not, what, 6-0 and when they're going to Michigan State on October 21st. I just don't see any way Michigan loses. But I do think this is significant. This comes on the heels of Tennessee not getting a very substantial punishment from the NCAA, too. And some people are throwing a fit over this. But what I would compare Jim Harbaugh with is Bruce Pearl. Do you remember what happened when Bruce Pearl lied to the NCAA about whether Aaron Kraft had attended a barbecue at his house as a junior off campus? They changed the rule to allow this so it wasn't even an NCAA violation, by the way, because it was such a picayune minor detail. They changed the rule. Bruce Pearl for lying to the NCAA about that, got a three-year show cause. He wasn't allowed to coach for three years, and the SEC suspended him for half of the SEC basketball season. So Bruce Pearl, for doing the same thing basically as Jim Harbaugh, got a three-point-three-and-a-quarter-year suspension from coaching college basketball. To me, what this represents is the NCAA is clearly the emperor that wears no clothes uh, because Jim Harbaugh basically doing the same thing as Bruce Pearl. Years later, he gets a four-game suspension, which is one-third of a season, compared to Bruce Pearl getting three-and-a-quarter-year suspension and not being allowed to coach at all during that period. He had to get a job outside of basketball till he could come back and coach at Auburn. 
I always thought Bruce Pearl was treated unfairly. I still think he was. But I think it also represents how weakened the NCAA has become that Harbaugh is not going to coach in four games where the University of Michigan is going to be a monster home favorite and Michigan will be able to start off the season 4-0 even without him. All right. I love all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, encourage you to go listen to that full Ron DeSantis interview. I think you will enjoy it. My name is Clay Travis, and this has been Outkick, the show.